Hello, my friends. This is Persephone Rose. I am the Red Diva, and this is episode five of the Sovereign Health podcast. I am, as always, recording in my apartment in the beautiful Willamette Valley of the Pacific Northwest, and there inevitably is a siren or a dripping faucet that makes its way into these recordings. So at least you know I'm real. When I set about to make a podcast and was doing some research on the how, I read an article that stated that 32% of all podcasters don't make it past four episodes. So today is a celebration of sorts because here I am in the top 68% of all podcasters who have made it to an episode five. Thanks for being along for the ride. Today, I'm going to introduce you to my favorite macronutrient, the one that has the most calories per gram that is essential for heart and brain health, the one that has been the most villainized, demonized, misrepresented over the years. We're going to talk about fat, dietary fat. And when I started putting together some notes for this episode, I realized it's a really big conversation. And I can't do it justice in one quarter of an hour podcast. So my plan is to do a general overview and introduction, and then delve into more details and specific types of fat in the very near future. So today is the first in a three-part series about this super important macro, simply because it has been so misunderstood and misrepresented, and yet it is so critical to health. And I'm following the last nutritional topic of blood sugar balance with a conversation about fat, because when people get motivated to remove processed carbohydrates from their routine, they're often stymied as to what to replace those calories with. And of course, replacing processed carbohydrates with veggies is always the first step. But the number one question people ask me is, how do I make vegetables taste good? And the first answer out of my mouth is always add fat to them. And then secondly, fat actually has a longer shelf life in the process of digestion and absorption, which means that it slows down how fast glucose gets into the bloodstream and it makes you feel full or satiated for longer. So eating fat is essential to balancing your blood sugar. I had a couple of hard days this week, days where things weren't going the way I wanted. I was discouraged. That dark cloud of depression was looming about my shoulders. You know what I'm talking about. I know you've been there. And as I struggled with myself with a capital S on the edge of that darkness, I had a dichotomous, double-sided aha moment that I wanted to share with you so that you would know that I am not perfect, and yet I am still sovereign. In those moments, however long they last, when all is not well, and it is hard to keep those commitments to every bite of food you put in your mouth and keeping your gratitude practice and moving in joyful ways and not sliding into old habits. 
It is absolutely an act of nourishment to accept and love yourself anyway. The thousand acts of nourishment that help us build a sovereign life are never, ever to become yet another should that you potentially fail at. There is no wagon to fall off of. There is only you, to the utmost of your ability, being sovereign as hard as you are able in that moment. And sometimes the act of nourishment is an ice cream sandwich or a Netflix binge or a venting of all that is wrong instead of a journaling of all that is wonderful. There is no striving. Striving is a cortisol-producing byproduct of the culture that we are rebelling against. This is a truth. And the other side of the coin is that when we are in those moments when it is hard, when we are discouraged, when depression is cloaked about our shoulders, that is when our commitment to our sovereignty is the most important Because there is such a relationship between the physical and the metaphysical, we don't often know which is the chicken and which is the egg. And oftentimes, the thing that will lift the clouds and remove the hopelessness is a balanced meal, or a dance break, or a gratitude binge. When the healthy acts of nourishment are the most hard is when they are the most needed. This is also a truth. And both of these opposing truths are true at the same time. Post-Industrial Revolution, when people started eating more processed foods, Americans saw an increase over a few decades of the incidence of heart disease. Um, But the war on fat really started in the 1960s when the American Heart Association took to heart, pun intended, uh, the published work of physiologist Dr. Ansel Keys. Keys was kind of the father of what we know today as the Mediterranean diet. He had published a study called the Seven Countries Study that made an association between the intake of saturated fats and disease mortality. The American Heart Association, followed by the USDA, started recommending that Americans cut fat, and specifically saturated fat, out of their diets. There was the subsequent outcry amongst Dr. Key's peers who questioned the validity of his work because the majority of science happening at that time suggested that the culprit behind a couple decades of ill health was the increased intake of processed carbohydrates and sugar. Nevertheless, the powers that be continued to effectively market that eating fat made you fat and caused heart disease. A little behind-the-scenes info, though. Dr. Key's original research was called the 22 Countries Study. And when data from all of those countries was put together, 
there was no statistical evidence of an association or correlation between the intake of fat and heart disease. In fact, the data supported what his peers were discovering, that in countries where higher amounts of processed carbohydrates and sugar were ingested, the higher the incidence of heart disease and related mortality. This is where it gets interesting and why we need to dig a bit deeper when we're taking scientific research as gospel truth. The funding for Dr. Key's research and the marketing engine that picked and chose data to support their goals and lobby them to the American government came from the sugar industry. So here's what happened. People started eating less fat overall, far less saturated fat, less animal protein, and more grain products, mostly in the form of processed carbohydrates, because that's what they were told to do. As that happened, year after year, the incidence of heart disease, obesity, and disease mortality correspondingly increased. What also increased along with all of those carbohydrates was the intake of polyunsaturated omega-6 fats that most packaged foods are processed with. Omega-6 fats, which just means that a double bond occurs at the sixth carbon, are an essential piece of our food intake. They are integral in the inflammatory response that happens as part of all immune system responses. But they work in tandem with omega-3 fats, where the double bond is at the third carbon, in an on-off regulation of that inflammatory response. Omega-6 fats and omega-3 fats need to be ingested in equal amounts. Really usable omega-3s are found primarily in animal products like fish and beef, which Americans stopped eating because of the overall fat content. So for decades, Americans ate more and more processed carbohydrates, ingesting more glucose than they were going to burn every time they put food in their mouths, which started an inflammatory reaction, and they fueled that inflammatory response with massive amounts of omega-6 fats with no omega-3s to help turn that response off. And it really wasn't until the onset of the internet that those scientists whose research was countering these recommendations were able to start getting their information into the hands of the public. The most notable of these was Dr. Lauren Cordain and his book, The Paleo Diet, which came out in 2002. And of course, now we've seen a huge pendulum swing in the opposite direction with the keto diet and the carnivore diet, both of which have very nutritionally sound aspects to them when done, shall I say, correctly and in a healthy manner. But here's the overall deal. We need fat. Every single one of our trillions of cells has a membrane that is made of fat. Remember the term phospholipid bilayer? 
A phospholipid is a molecule that has a phosphorus head and it has two lipids or fats attached to it. And there's a double layer of these that protect and regulate the mechanisms of every single cell. Saturated fats provide stability in those cell membranes. Unsaturated fats provide flexibility. Not enough fat in the diet, in the wrong ratios, equals unhealthy cells. The human brain is 70% fat. Ideally, for optimal functioning, 50% of those fats are saturated. Ideally, the phospholipids in the membranes of neurons contain one saturated fat and one omega-3 fat. And while we notice low blood sugar in brain functioning before we notice it almost anywhere else when we are carbohydrate addicted, those neurons and all of their mechanisms function and perform better when they are running on ketones, which is a fuel molecule made from fat as opposed to ATP, which is made from glucose. Want some irony? The preferred fuel for the cells which make up cardiovascular muscle comes from saturated fat. We make hormones from fat. We process and use fat-soluble vitamins, that's vitamins A, E, K, and D, from fat. Which means even if we're eating those vitamins in the forms of food or supplements, if there is not enough fat in the diet, we can't use them. We make cleaner, more efficient fuel from fat. We create HDL molecules which process harmful cholesterol out of the bloodstream from fat. And much to my delight, fat tastes good. So it does make my veggies yummier. In my kitchen, I use a big variety of healthy fats to ensure that I'm getting a lot of different fatty acids that perform a lot of different functions in the body. We cook with coconut or avocado oil. We season with butter or olive oil or sesame oil. I eat full-fat dairy products like cheese and heavy cream. We eat a lot of avocados as well as a lot of nuts and seeds. We eat fatty fish whenever we can, and I always, every single day of my life, counteract the huge amounts of omega-6 fats that are in everything that comes in a box with a high-concentrated fish oil supplement. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please join me for further conversations about nutrition, spirituality, the health of the body, and the health of the self with a capital S. Let's be sovereign together, rebel against the systems and cultures that keep us playing small, and stack the odds in our own favor, one act of nourishment at a time. You can find me on Facebook at Persephone Rose and at Red Diva Sovereign Health. I'm also on Instagram with my love at Percy and Mars, P-E-R-C-Y-A-N-D-M-A-R-Z. 
That's our Adventure Chronicle, together and separate, past, present, and future. The website is now live. That's www.reddiva.com, R-E-D-D-E-V-A.com. It's beautiful. I am so proud of that creative effort. And while not all of the buttons and links are live yet, I am excited to put as much info there for you as I possibly can. If you're interested in private coaching packages or you just want to say hi, please email me at percyrose at reddiva.com. P-E-R-C-Y-R-O-S-E at R-E-D-D-E-V-A dot com. My friends, I could talk about this all day, every day. It's important. It's not just important in that esoteric, let's be healthy for the sake of being healthy way. Enough healthy fats is a huge stepping stone toward vitality. It is one of the odds that we stack in our favor. It affects blood sugar, mood, cognition, cell health, all of which affects how we feel and act and do our lives, all of which affects the energetic vibration from which we create our vibrant and sovereign lives. I am excited to dive deeper into fat with you again in the second part of this series on this amazing and crucial macronutrient. Thank you for listening to episode five of the Sovereign Health Podcast. I am Persephone Rose, the Red Diva. You know what to do. Go out and have a beautiful day. Mm -hmm.